Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. I do have a uh, question to pose. Uh, the question is, what is the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? The answer is no. about three months. <laughs> three, um, three months on average, right? This, this is Doug Bassler. <laughs> and Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. If you did not know this, heard all across the ACN network, bringing conspiracy theories, truth, and the and truth. <laughs> Right, prophetic <laughs> insight, or just common sense, brother. Did I'm you saying. have you? Did you follow Marty? Did you follow any of this Hunter Biden stuff? It's like stuff that that we've been saying. It's like yeah. the fifty-one guys that signed off on the supposedly that Hunter's laptop is disinformation was in fact a fabrication. It wasn't actually true. It's like you know. Fake Done news. at the request of the campaign. I mean, all of this stuff is tied to Joe Biden. All of this stuff that we talk about, you know, his it's so it's so much. It's not even like a TV miniseries. And, you know, you go, oh, it's too fake. This is real. Uh, it happens to be the son and of the vice president then and then now the son of the president, which is uh, uh if anybody else, as we know, if we are a Republican president, it doesn't matter if it's Trump or Reagan or anybody else. You know how it goes. What, um, so, so you know, what do they stop 24 seven asking for uh, indictments, right? Yeah. Huh? So let me just uh, pose another question. So sure. uh, what do you call irrefutable evidence of wrongdoing against a Democrat? What's a that? Nothing, a nothing burger. Nothing burger, of course. What do you call an accounting error against a uh, President Donald Trump. Oh, that's a, a felony. Felony, right? <laughs> you make or things that, yeah, in New York, by the way, making a, a federal crime. Yeah, no, yeah. no kidding. So, and the guy's not a federal prosecutor. So, anyway, <clears throat> is it becoming increasingly obvious to everyone that um, this is rigged? That the system is rigged? <laughs> I don't know. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but I'm going to go back and watch it. I heard that Donald Trump actually crushed the town hall on CNN. So another. Yeah, yeah. a lot of feedback about that, saying that he was doing really good. Classic Trump. Well, think about this, right? CNN's no fan of Trump, right? They're looking for a way to attack him right after the, you know, judge ruling, if you will, the judge about the sexual assault, whatever the charge, which is he still denies. Right. But they wanted to get him on right away to, to challenge him on this stuff, just to, to hurt his chances. And he goes, all right, I'll take the free audience. I'll go in there and yeah, plead my case. I mean, you got to give him baller status for that. I'm just telling you, he's not afraid of anything. It's like um, our friends on the show today, when we get up to our guests and you and I, I love that. It's like not afraid. Come on, let's bring the fight. Un unafraid, let's go. Uh, let's take him on. That's right. Well, you know, unfortunately for us, you know, an hour a week. Uh, I just wish there was some news going on that we could cover, brother, instead of <laughs> having to sit here and make stuff up. Um, 
there are there are days and there are weeks where we pontificate way too much, and but audience seems to deal with it and still tune in, brother. So there we go. And send us mail and all that. So it's great, and we appreciate you, every listener. But you know, um, we're ha- we're we're going to have a couple of guests tonight, and I think it's going to be a, a, a today, and I think this is going to be a fantastic show. And our first guest is the chair of the Pierce County, which is one of uh, Washington state's biggest counties, uh, uh, Republican party, a close friend of mine and a, and a former friend of yours. He used to like you. Um, <laughs> of course I'm kidding, but uh, Mr. Dave McMullen is with us. And uh, I just uh, so happy to, that you're here, Dave. How, how's it going, man? How you doing? It's going really good. It's um, fun to catch up with you guys. Well, it's, it's been a while and, but you know, really the, the, what's on everybody's mind right now is this disaster of a a legislative session, right? I mean, that's, we can all agree this was bad. I think the one good thing, no new taxes, right? So far. Well, unless you count the fact that they um, put that capital gains tax in and the Supreme court illegally claimed it to be um, legit. An excise tax. Yeah. yeah, just just change it. You know, a rose by any other name, would it still smell as sweet? Or a skunk by any other name, would it stink still as bad? You know, any of the other forty nine states and the IRS, and they declare capital gains to be um, income, but not in Washington. Yeah, because it's it, not it's not actually an increase in money. Well, oh, wait, in that would be income. Also- yeah. Also in Washington is a place where they legalize drug possession because, you know, who, who knows whose pants they are. Washington's also the one nine zero, right. That says, okay, for, um, you know, a florist not to, right. And not okay. And so it's, it's just crazy with a activist bench to find a way. Look back at McCleary, right. Uh, say legislating basically to the legislature, Hey, you got to spend more money. Uh, on education or whatever it was to the teachers unions at that point in time. So we know we have a problem. So Dave, to to Doug's uh, point, the excise tax thing is that, you know, when they're in power, when the left's in power, when the Democrats are in power and the the super majorities as they are in the the House and the Senate, uh, we face bad bills. A couple sessions ago, we had the bad policing bills that, uh, led to increased crime, not be able to pursue. They changed some of those. We've got the the bad bills this session too. So talk about some of those. We've had Jim Walsh on and we've had Bill Fortinato on recently, but from your perspective, from the county perspective, how's it been? Um, it, it's It's been difficult. We, you know, we, we get a lot of feedback from people. This last session has really lit up a lot of people. Um, the catalyst being the 5599, where essentially they made it legal for the state to kidnap and mutilate your children um, just because they may have um, an inkling that they're, you know, maybe not the sex that they um, were born with. Um, when there's been many factual cases of um girls who are tomboys when they're younger turn out to be elegant women you know it just it's it's ridiculous to think that you can talk to a 13 year old and 
they can make those kind of decisions. And the, the audacity of, of saying that they're protecting them from their parents. I mean, nobody should be taking that with a grain of salt. That That is flat out uh, atrocious. I mean, um, the bills that they've passed that allow uh, parents, um, kids, people to come in to Washington State and have an abortion, um, have a sex change, do all that, and they don't have to tell their parents. And if they come from a state where it's illegal, they hide that information. And when you get down to it, you start talking about um, interstate commerce and cooperation between states for um, criminal activity. You know, Washington State's not cooperating with states that um, have made abortion and that kind of activity illegal. And then suddenly Washington wants to have um, a murderer or a rapist that uh, did the crime in Washington escape to that state. And they want them, they, they get arrested, they want them extradited, and that state's going to say, well, you didn't cooperate with us, so why should we cooperate with you? Um, Washington has just put the entire judicial system, the criminal system, in on this slippery slope where um, it's just it's just not a good thing. We've been talking on this show for probably a couple of years now, but Doug and I have really been bold in the points of saying that they're after your kids. When you're talking about a bill like this, where they say that they're protecting kids from their parents. You tie that to Merrick Garland just last year to calling parents domestic terrorists for showing up. You know, we understand that those that uh, in that ilk, the left right now, believe that the government is a better solution for raising our children than we are as parents. And so this is a great season because elections are coming up for school board. We know that's a, a entry level, if you will, um, non-paid position, but it makes such a huge difference. In this state, we know one of the most powerful unions is a teachers union, right? And we know it has a lot of political influence and a lot of money goes into the Democrat party, which we need to address. But these are serious bills that allow, as you said, uh, let's say you had an activist, which we've seen um, pictures and videos around the nation of activists that have got into the schools, uh, teaching kindergartners, first graders, and so forth about LGBTQ, transgender. And if they're telling them they can go to a shelter in Washington State, and all they have to say is, I'm not being affirmed then the state will actually step in the way, hide their children, and allow taxpayer money to do the sex transition 
abortion or whatever, and the parents won't know. That's, that really is the state kidnapping your children. Yeah, and they don't even let the uh, yeah, parents yeah. know that they have the kid. Yeah. I mean, you and, don't even know where the kid is, and they're under no obligation. Matter of fact, they're probably required not to tell you that they have the kid. Right, David? Yeah. They, um, uh, a lot of the public schools, Puyallup being one of them, um, they have literally in their training have told the teachers that if a student comes to you, even in kindergarten, and says that they're having issues with their parents and they feel that they're um, tra transitioning and their parents are not being cooperative, they are forbidden. And I do mean forbidden to talk to the parents and they have to report it to um, the proper people in the district and they'll basically uh, implement 5599 and um, and it's to protect the children from their parents how absurd I mean that it's it's beyond absurd it's criminal oh it's not criminal in Washington State sorry yeah <laughs> no it's but required when we look at the 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 bills that have been tried to pass probably over the last 15 years where you and I have been involved in, in Pierce County and Doug and King County um, where it be the Welcome to Washington Baby Act that didn't get passed, but in, in Pierce County, they passed that whole birth of 24. It's the idea that the government needs to be involved in children from the, basically from birth all the way through so they can basically make sure they're getting the same indoctrination. That's really scary. And that's where parents really have to get engaged. A lot more people. We're seeing record numbers of people pulling the kids out of public school, going to co-ops and homeschool and so forth. Are you seeing Pierce County too, Dave, or not? Are you seeing that? Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. It's um, um, and the parents um, are starting to revolt. There's um a huge movement that's that's building of parents um, being led by groups like Moms for Liberty, which are um, it's a nationwide cause. Washington State is is starting chapter after chapter, and these moms and dads. I'm, I'm a member of the local Pierce County one. Um, they they are showing up to school board meetings in big numbers. Um, churches are getting motivated. Um, they're used to having meetings where the uh, university school dis uh, district, their school board meetings are having them in the middle of the day because parents um, have to work. And um, th so they don't have people showing up. But um, we have a lot of, um, next week we'll be telling, we have a lot of uh, school board candidates that, like I said, it's um, usually it's the, the political parties that are going around looking for candidates. Um, these churches, these groups are bringing them to us and um, they're vetting them, they're getting them set up. It, it's, um, it's going to be um, a very interesting election.
we're getting our own ballot harvesting programs going. Um, we're just going to fight fire with fire. Um, the more we educate, the more people realize that uh, there is a solution. And um, it, it, like I said, it's going to it's going to be interesting. There's a um, referendum that is coming out to fight fifty five ninety nine. Um, the Washington State Republican Party just um, passed a resolution um, uh, rejecting and condemning 5599 and supporting this referendum. Uh, we need to get about 215,000 um, signatures by July 14th. And it's ready to come off the press and, and get going. Um, there's launch parties just all over the place. And I know you guys remember R88 and R90. Um, when those um, referendums were going, seemed like there was a lot of noise uh, involved with that. 5599 is, is uh, like a movement, this, uh, this, this referendum. Um, so I'm real excited about it. Um, it... Um, is elevating me to be on my A game because um, uh, the Republican Party, Republicans, um, and just people who don't care about the parties, but they care about their children. I mean, I, I really think they they um, cross the line. You know, people get aggravated with the criminal laws, the pursuit laws that um, tie the hands of, of police. They're getting angry. They didn't really do anything. They, they thought the legislature will correct it. The legislature will correct it. The gun laws that, that were passed, um, it's a no-brainer that they're all con uh, unconstitutional. And there's nothing to get really too worried about because the very laws that Washington um, just passed, Illinois passed almost similar laws earlier than us, and they've already been uh, tabled as being um, unconstitutional. Yeah, struck down. Exactly. Yeah, struck. I mean, they haven't been struck down yet, but they've been um, um, said to be um, put on hold from being implemented because, um, in the judge's view, they're unconstitutional. So um, they don't want that to go. So, I mean, that's going to happen. But this 5599, this legalization of kidnapping children and mutilating their bodies the gender affirming what gen, there's no such thing as gender affirming you're born a man you're born a woman period and that's where you're going to be from whether they cut it off or add something to it your dna is not going to change puberty blockers all that's not going to change anything you're a man or you're a woman and to tell a minor we're gonna um, change your change your body. I mean, they're, they're not supposed to be old enough to drink, smoke, um, get a tattoo. They're even sixteen. Yeah, yep. they can they can do this when they're nine, ten years old. It's just they're they're crazy. They're, they're literally crazy, and people are fed up. Yeah, I want to pose one a deeper question on the same thing. This idea that a child can go to their teacher, a person in school, whatever it may be, and say, I'm not being affirmed or, or say that my parents aren't supporting me, whatever. And the state has the right to kidnap and do these things. 
Think about from a Christian perspective. And the the bad thing, though, Marty, is hold on, hold on, not only that, it's just that they're not even going to know. The kid's just going to disappear and I, no I, one's going to tell them anything. I understand this, but this is the nose under the tent. Think about this. If the teacher is pushing an anti-Christian value or if the school is pushing something, whatever, maybe Black Lives Matter or whatever it may be, um, that is against what the parents believe, how they're raising their children, they're going to go, that's the next step, right? It, it is beyond the sex change and kidnapping. It's like anything that goes against the narrative or the state that dictates our faith, right? This is another way of attacking our First Amendment as well when it comes to our rights. We won't yeah, know. I mean, yeah, and there's yeah. nothing uh, nothing more sacred than the the right of the parent to raise the child. Right. And yeah, and so if you're, you know, if you're listening to the program today, get your kids out of the public school system. You just got it. You have to homeschool. You have to get into Christian school. You have to get to protect your children because now your kids are literally at risk from the state in the public schools. That's, is that way you see it, David? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, I want to say that not every teacher agrees with doing that. Sure. But, um, but the one that does is the one that puts your kid at risk. Yeah. Um, what's been um, very telling and shocking is when we um, people are going to these school board meetings and the transgender um, people uh, catch wind of it, they're showing up to the school board meetings. And it's just shocking to know how many of them actually work in the school district. So the, the kids are literally surrounded by it. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're simply not safe in public schools. Period. Yeah. Well, a side story. I just want to quickly do this. It was a national story that the American Federation of Teachers president Randy Weingarten is in the news um, today. Was talking about how she's telling teachers and the teachers unions was speaking to an audience and, and Elizabeth Warren was there. It was about all of you teachers go scrub your social media. We've had a numerous cases where it came out that a teacher on social media was encouraging kids to not salute the flag or salute the gay flag or whatever. These activists that are embedded in these different school districts, as we know, it's not all teachers. Well, there's enough people that understand that the kids are the target. You know, that, that's why the parents need to know us. So many times, COVID, the only blessing I have for the whole thing, the pandemic, was parents got to see what's actually going on in the classrooms. And the fact that the, they want to whitewash this, if you will, and, and erase what they've said publicly, that should give you a, a pause as parents to go, what did they say? What are they trying to hide right now? And they are after our kids. So it's time to do something about it. it well, the nice thing is there's, there's many, many, many people out there that have screenshot the, the heck out of all that. So it's not going away. Libs of TikTok too, right? Where they're sharing the tweets and the different things. So, right? yeah. So it does live in, uh, in, on, but this idea that they're thinking about it now because they're so vocal on it. But I say that because in Washington state, 
the parents and people to have a, a call upon their heart to actually serve, to do something about it. A, as Doug said, and Dave, pull your kids out if you can. And if you can't, get engaged in the school. Make sure that you're present knowing being taught and that you're showing up to school board meetings as Dave's talking, getting involved with your church, making sure you're voting. But as we know, coming this Monday, it's filing week for candidates. Doug, talk about that. Yeah, so um, now is your chance. You can go to sos.wa.gov. That's the Secretary of State's uh, website in here in the state of Washington. And starting on Monday the 15th through Friday the 19th, uh, you can file to run for office. Now, many of these positions, for example, the school board positions, water district positions, they're unpaid, which means there's no filing fee. You can file for free. Uh, filing for office is easy. There's even, uh, if you're um, worried about reporting, you can do a mini reporting option on your uh, your finances. If you're expecting to raise and spend less than $5,000 in your race, which a lot of these races, you know, obviously you would. So you don't have to, you know, have a, you know, professional treasurer and all that kind of stuff doing all this stuff. So um, this is like super important. Dave, Dave, are you guys actively recruiting candidates down there in Pierce County? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we're, we're actively doing it uh, directly and we're working with these um, groups like moms for Liberty and um, the, these churches. Um, Marty knows them pretty well in Pierce County with experience church, motion church. There's just several of them that um, have decided that they need to take matters into their own hands. And um, it, it's great. Um, we're seeing more in a time when people are, are complaining that um, the morale is low. Um, we got kicked in the teeth in 2022. Um, people are pissed now. They, they, um, they are motivated. I've never seen such um, organic um, organization of, of people where we used to beg people to get involved. Now they're like um, almost harassing me about what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And I'm just like, this is great. You know? Yeah. And uh, unfortunately it's not every County, right? Obviously you're, you're having some great luck because you've got a lot of grassroots things going on. But if, if you're in a County where they're not doing that, maybe you could be the one to, to start this, you know, uh, there's a lot of, and it's true. Still a lot of back and forth on should Christians be involved in politics. I mean, the whole Bible's full of politics, right? You know, some of it turns out great, like Joseph and the coat of many colors ends up being, you know, like president of Egypt. Uh, some of it not so great, like Daniel on the lion's den, you know, John the Baptist, uh, stuff like that. But hey, it's there and you can you cannot make a case from the Bible that you shouldn't be involved in government and politics, right? Yeah, it, well, it, it's obvious. I mean, the First Amendment was written specifically um, freedom of religion, not freedom from religion, because the whole idea is that the government is not supposed to get involved with the church because the church is supposed to be the center of community. And the church is the leader in uh, government. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they, they've switched that around um, for their convenience. Um, and muddied the waters with nonprofit status and, and different stuff to try to keep the church um, from uh, expressing itself. But um, we've actually had educational 
um, seminars where we're showing pastors. Some of them, they, you know, they just started a church. They want to be non-political, just um, they, they don't realize what their legal rights are. And when they're educated on what you can and what you cannot do, um, all of a sudden they realize they can do a lot. I mean, basically all they can't do is is um, donate money to candidates or endorse specific candidates. They basically can do everything else, including have a candidate come up to the pulpit and speak to the um, congregation. Um, they just don't endorse them. A pastor can even to the point to say, Dave McMullen's a good uh, friend of mine. I've known him for a while. He's a member of our church. He's, he's a fine, upstanding citizen. You know, those type of things. You can do that. You know, oh, it's the idea. We, we support him in his calling. You know, all these things are important that a pastor and, and a group can do. A follow-up question on that, uh, Dave, as county chair, this is one of those things. We, we've both been there. I know you've been there a lot longer than I have, and, and Doug as well. These candidates, if the people are listening, uh, Eastern, Central Washington, obviously in Pierce County as well, actually want to run, which is absolutely fantastic. How do they reach out to their county sheriffs? I mean, they should reach out to the party, shouldn't they? Oh, absolutely, because um, no entity can um, help finance um, their activities and their campaign and promote them better than uh, the political party. Um, you know, some people, especially in school board races, city council races, They've been set up to be nonpartisan and they say, well, I shouldn't aff affiliate with um, either party. Um, it's very obvious that where you stand puts you in a political party realm, whether you like it or not. And bottom line, every nonpartisan candidate that runs for anything, they knock on the door, introduce themselves. First thing they're going to ask, well, you're a Republican or a Democrat. Because people want to know, well, I'm nonpartisan. I don't know. You know, you don't sit on the fence. You need to decide. Choose or it'll be chosen for you. Yeah. Are you yeah. pro kid? Then you're on the Republican side, right? You know, if you're pro parents, you're on the Republican side. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's like some of these organizations, they, um, I've been getting involved, helping them get educated and different stuff. And then they, they um, say, well, well, we don't want to be um, directly affiliated with the Republicans because, you know, we want to be open to everyone. And it's like, okay, well, your organization has, um, I know every member of your organization and 75% of them are PCOs in the Pierce County Republican Party. Um, you're going to be known as a Republican organization. You know, it's just, it just is what it is. And um, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, we we, uh, party. Marty and I had Marty and I had a, a, an interesting conversation with a black uh, inner city pastor here in Seattle uh, a couple of years ago, and he said, "I am no longer a Democrat." And it was, and it, and it wasn't anywhere near as bad as it is after this legislative session. So we're going to see more. Um, pastors of all ilk saying enough's enough. I mean, unless you're just willing to throw out the Bible and say, yeah, the state 
owns the kids and the state's in charge. You know, you could take um, Romans chapter 13 to the nth degree. But Romans chapter 13 um, doesn't recognize uh, a lot of times they fail to recognize the the power of the people in America. In America, the people are in charge. The, 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 you know, we, the citizens, the constitution says we, the people, right. And the constitution was put in place not to restrain the people. The constitution was put in place to restrain the government. Right. I mean, that was the point. The only thing that Barack Obama ever said that I totally agreed with is he was on a radio interview and he said, you know, the constitution is a series of um, things that the government can't do to you. And I heard that and I was like, yes, the founding fathers were trying to create um, a limited government. And so they concentrated on the things that the government cannot do so that you have the freedom to live your life and liberty. Um, Once they started deciding that um, they could uh, tax people and create free money and things like that. And then suddenly it's like, well, what more can the government do for us? And, you know, it's, it's look where our government is now. It's just, um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's really become a, a serious problem. Well, our guest today has been uh, Dave McMullen. Dave, any last words before we kick you off and get to our next guest? <laughs> no, it's been great uh, talking with you guys. Um, I would just, anyone who's listening out there, it's um, the time is now. Um, we need to get every single person motivated um, to sign the, the referendum, to vote for the referendum, to find candidates that will represent us, not an agenda. So yeah, uh, we don't want to wait till 2024. We want to do it now. Absolutely. 2023 matters. Well, Dave McMullen, chair of the Pierce County Republican Party. Thank you for being our guest today. God bless, bro. Dave, thank hey, you for all all you. Good thank you for all you, brother. Say hi to your wife. We love you, man. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Well, that's a uh, really interesting uh situation in pierce county that that that, very encouraging right marty that the fact that the church many of the churches are wanting to get involved they're getting involved they're having opportunities to get involved and uh man if we could see that uh, replicated across the state and really across the nation what do you think man i think we could really start seeing some We talked about this, Barna's numbers, right? You know, when the numbers were terrible, right? You know, even in Washington State, I think Dean Milhouse talked about 900,000 Christians didn't vote a couple of years ago. The idea that you see these groups going, I've had enough. Got organizing together. Uh, Dave and the whole team over there at Pierce County has done a great job of just working hard, right? Uh, at first, it's like uh, tilling hard ground that, that just, nah, we don't want to be political. Nah, we don't want to be like this. Now we're like, no, no, we got to get something. This is the way to do it. So to your point, it's a momentum shift. As you start to see this ground swell, it's going to pick up other people. So it's almost in many ways like your Asbury revival. We're waiting for that thing to, you know, crest over and crash and keep on going, right? Yeah, uh, we and see- we're seeing this with uh, Flashpoint. Mario Morello has yeah. been out there, you know, just, you know, really 
uh, Eric Metaxas, right? Uh, yeah. Lance Wall now. All these guys are out there and they're saying, come on, Christians, get up and fight. Fight for America now. And they're responding. And that's making me very, very encouraged. Yep. I, I'm curious. You and I are going out to Morningstar in August. By then, I'm curious what kind of crest. That's, you know, that's primary time. Primary time in, in the uh, this off-year election, right? When the school boards and the county councils and city councils that matter so much to you and I and everybody we live around, um, we'll, we'll have a good uh, feel of what's going on with them. And yeah, I think primary is August 1st this year, might be second, okay. but right in that that range there. So, yeah. But, boy, if if you have any... If, if you feel like God's tugging your heart right now and saying run, then just run. You know, if you're in Spokane, you've got Spokane County Republicans. If you're, you know, in in uh, any county, you know, Jefferson, Douglas, uh, Benton, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to this program at, there is a there is a Republican Party there and they will help you. And of course, our big spot, one of our sponsors here, Prologue Digital. You can go to Prologue Political, that's P-R-O-L-O-G-U-E, political.com, and we will help you. So that's, um, you know, there's, there's, there's resources for you, and you can do it. And this is, this is it. You know, we get five days, Marty, from Monday to Friday to fill all these positions. And how many of these positions go uncontested, right? And You've the Democrats will always put somebody in yeah. there. Statewide, and, yeah. I, I did about, there's about 200 positions in every county on average, Spokane, Benton, and Franklin, Chelan, all had 200 different races going on, right? Uncontested. And we, well, not uncontested, but actual races. But we, we were told that about 3,000 across the state races go uncontested. Yeah. So oftentimes you file with no money and you don't have to face anybody. Yeah, they, you, you just win. Yeah. Yeah, what a great, I mean, how how cool would that be? I'd like to win, brother. Doug, why didn't you, why you, you and I shoot him that one point in time? <laughs> yeah, why didn't I start there? Um, our next guest is uh, Tambourine Borelli. She is the 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 head, the, the big cheese over at W-E-I-C-U, or we see you. And uh, I wanted to, Tambourine, welcome to the show. I wanted to have her on because some really bad, like four bad election integrity bills uh, just got signed into law this last week. Tambourine, how you doing? Are you there? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, thanks, Doug. So um, tell us about this. This is off. Some awful stuff have come has come down. Tell it. Tell our listeners uh, exactly what's been going on. Well, of all the bills. Um, Two of the main ones that, that I focused on, uh, one was, of course, HB 5459, which is particularly uh, close to, I wouldn't say my heart, but my aggravation, because uh, We See You literally is an active lawsuit from uh, a public records request for the 2020 ballots. We sued eight counties. Uh, and two of them, Lincoln and Franklin, are in appeal, and King County is active. Now, the interesting thing about that is the public records request was denied, and in writing, 
the auditors literally said in 2021 when we filed or when we made the, the requests that the ballots are exempt from public disclosure by Washington law, which of course was an untruth. Imagine that they lied <laughs> why they couldn't give us the ballots. And the, the funny thing is, is that here in 2023, they actually uh, went about making that true. Um, but even though this was signed by the governor, I believe yesterday, there's nothing in the verbiage that says it was retroactive. Yet within our cases, uh, as we knew and suspected, they're trying to use that, uh, saying that uh, these are uh, not only exempt from public disclosure, but they literally added within the bill, and I encourage anyone uh, to go uh, to, um, I believe it's, um, I don't actually have that memorized, the website, but the Washington yeah, State Legislature. It's L-E-G-W-A.gov. Yep, G-O-V. Yep. And, and look there. at the verbiage of the bill because they literally exempt everything needed to properly investigate an election. The ballots, uh, the images of the ballots, and even included vendors, uh, third party uh, vendors that we are not allowed to see uh, for 25 years. Now, often Doug and I will talk and it, it, we talk about, you know, those that have something to hide, have something to hide, you know, people who are uh, conducting themselves in truth and above the board, you don't have to take them to court to see the identified ballots. There's nothing on those ballots that can connect a person with their vote. And that's what they consistently push as a narrative, which is completely and utterly a bold faced lie. So it's frustrating uh, to say the least. And uh, yeah, <laughs> there's really well, only if, one solution. Is this, if, this they could, yeah. is this if they could, if they could identify the voter and the vote, <laughs> That would give them yeah. a, I mean, then we would, the secret ballot would be gone, right? That would be the, I mean, the point is a secret yeah. ballot. That's the thing. In our constitution, the, the vote, the ballot is secret, right? Absolute secrecy. But here's the thing. Uh, as soon as that ballot comes out of the envelope, there's nothing to connect it to the voter. Uh, I have other issues with, the security of privacy. I mean, uh, for God's sakes, people can fax their ballot in. And w yep. what about the people getting those emails? They can email them in. Who's looking at those? They know in that moment how, uh, you know, James Smith voted. I mean, right there, it obliterates the absolute secrecy, but no one's talking about things like that. Because it doesn't fit the narrative right now that this literally shuts down the opportunity to question, which is what they want, right? The idea here is they were looking at FBI on social media, things that were questioning the outcome of elections, right? It's okay on the left side, but right now it's like, okay, now we're codifying in law that you can't look at the stuff. And you said for 25 years for certain vendors. 25 so, years. 
So it's like the Kennedy files, right? They come out, you know, 50 years later and say, oh, by the way, CIA probably killed the president, but uh, no big deal. You know, it's, it's, you put it down the road. So someone maybe get elected that they maybe shouldn't have got elected, but they've served now and it's too late to do anything about it. Well, this they, the other thing, Marty, is they, they destroy the ballots after 20 some months, right? So there's not going to be a ballot 25 years from now. And they know that. Yeah. So this, I saw a post on this, Tambourine. I, I'm glad you're on. I know there's a several of these bills like this that we saw this started under Kim Wyman as well. She she advocated for a passing where even the challenge of um, the adjudication um, couldn't be overturned. That was even when I was running for office. This I saw posts that like most of the Republicans signed on to this as well. Is this the one we're talking about or a different one? So, yes. Uh, <laughs> in the Senate. When I mentioned earlier, when I first uh, started speaking and I was talking about two particular bills, the other bill, it wasn't specifically election related. However, it was uh, tightly related to because it dealt with anyone who questions elections or uh, school board, CRT, trans agenda, whatever. HB 1333 set to name anyone that questions any of those things as violent domestic extremists. So that's, that is huge. That's like the Ministry of Truth bill uh, right there. And, um, you know, when I was really focused on HB 1333, 1333 they put that out first. So I testified against that twice and uh, gathered uh, with other America first type uh, minded people. And we crafted what's called a lawful notice, giving the legislators notice that they are violating their oath if they continue with this bill. So that was quite an effort. We had to, you know, have everyone get these lawful notices uh, notarized and then they had to send them back to me and then I had to send them in personally to make sure that we had record that they received it. So while I was focusing on that, HB, no, sorry, SB 5459 passed the Senate. It got, it got away from me. And when I found out that it was widely not, uh, uh, bipartisan, that most of the Republican senators signed on to it. I just about uh, <laughs> lost my lunch. So then I got to work on doing the same thing as I did with 1333 and rallied the people to give the legislators who have signed on to it and those who intend to lawful notice as to uh, how they are stepping out of the bounds of their constitutional oath that they gave to the people if they sign on to this. And the difference with the House is uh, they listened and... Um, no Republicans. No Republicans in the House voted for it, so yes. I think it mattered. I think it made a difference. Good. But well, still, it, it's still know, passed, still though. Because yeah, there's, there's more of, you know, those who want it than those who uh, didn't. When we've talked, I mean, obviously, we believe election integrity is key. Um, we had uh, Dave McMullen on before you talking about getting people engaged in the process, how people are upset uh, about some of the legislation, but also what they're doing to our kids. 
uh, about how more people have to get out and not just run for office, but support people in office. And then the flip side of that, we're talking about, okay, now we're making it harder to challenge a race, uh, harder to uh, find out information, public requests. We know that the only things we've learned and the truth coming out of Olympia or even DC has been through these public information requests. And if they can pick and choose what they can give us, we, the people aren't in charge anymore. It's like, shut up, you sit down, shut up. We'll tell you what you want to, what we want you to hear. Uh, this is kind of yeah, a dark day. Yeah. Hmm? It is. And cause here's another thing that this did. It completely centralized all of the power to the secretary of state. All of the auditors are not required to respond to any of their constituents, public records requests. So, uh, you know, the secretary of state is the say on any information that goes out and that's nil to none. Anything that is meaningful that could uh, allow uh, a person of Washington state to investigate their elections uh, is exempt. It's not allowed and that is completely unlawful. It's completely unconstitutional and people really need to understand that and what's going on because um, we need to change our election system or it's it's over <laughs> you know it's that dire we need so, to change yeah yeah so there's lawsuits or, or there are going to be lawsuits to challenge the unconstitutional gun bills there's a referendum that uh, dave talked about that's challenging the uh gender affirming bill whatever uh, that they call, the democrats called it is there something i know you've been working your tail off in your group vcu has um, to challenge these new bills? Is there a way to fix them without changing the legislature's control and um, numbers, if you will? Well, uh, we have been talking about, and here's the problem, you know, they've machine gunned so many things that there's so many plates spinning, uh, but one of the plates uh, and what would be the um, result of all of the notices that we sent right? We have proof that these legislators uh, were notified where they were airing, right? So it's possible for us and those who got all of those notarized that we could file in federal court um, based on these violations to our constitution. Um, it definitely is an option. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you guys, here specifically in Washington state, the biggest fight, in my opinion, as an election integrity investigator for seven years, um, you know, I've run for office um, more than once. And where I veer slightly in regard to focus is not on uh, running again or really anything political. Where my focus is, is rallying the people of Washington state, anyone that is concerned about their vote not being counted as cast and literally doing a revival on what is going to save our state, which is saving our elections. Because everything else that was talked about today uh, really is up under that one umbrella. That is how all of this madness has been allowed to happen because of corrupt elections. So in my thinking and viewpoint is the people need to rally behind 
one concept, which is we have to, we must get rid of this disease of election fraud, which is perpetrated with mail-in voting, no chain of custody, getting rid of these machines that have been proven time and time again, that they have the ability to flip votes and are easily hackable, are so, has so many holes in it, more than Swiss cheese. And we have to go back to in-person with ID, hand-counted paper ballots at the precinct level with full citizen oversight on one election day, because our constitution says election day shall be Monday after, no, pardon me, but, uh, Tuesday after the first Monday of November. That's one day. That's not three weeks. That's not three months. It's one day. So all of those things uh, really is my focus uh, to rally the people behind. Yeah, I love it. Doug and I, of course, agree. In-person voting has got to come back. It's tough, obviously, in this state, but it's been sort of laying the groundwork for nationwide mail-in balloting and so forth. I want to bring up a subject that's related. Um, in our previous guest, Dave, uh, talked about um, some of the, the bills being passed in the sanctuary in the state, for, in a sense, for minors that go into these shelters. Think about the surge at the border, the greatest surge I think I've seen in my lifetime of immigrants coming across the border illegally. Washington state's already a sanctuary state. We've already had uh, evidence of illegal immigrants voting in our elections. Talk about election integrity. You have a surge of people probably already here or coming here in the near future because of the policies we have in place here that will affect elections even more. Is that on the uh, docket for you as well? Well, actually, that subject matter has already been something we have addressed as far as non-citizens, for example, uh, being able to register uh, Mm -hmm. from motor voter at the Department of Licensing. I sued the governor in his capacity as the chief executive officer over the state agencies and the Department of Licensing is one of them. Because non-citizens are allowed to get licenses, they're automatically on the voter rolls. Now, I'm not saying that all of the non-citizens are actually voting. I think that they're being used uh, by nefarious actors uh, to populate the voter rolls so they can at will print as many ballots as they want. We had a whistleblower Uh, in the correctional um, institution, very up in arms, saying that uh, when these um, illegal aliens were being deported back to their country on their way out, giving them their belongings, they were made to sign, wait for it, (gasps) voter registration cards. (laughs) So... I mean, it's completely out of control. I think that those who control our elections have absolutely utilized the sanctuary state and utilized non-citizens to completely tip the scales in any race that they want. So I heard there one of the new laws actually is um, not allowing anyone to opt out. You are automatically registered to vote and that if you want to opt out, you have to do it after you've been registered to vote, you have to do it by mail. And so this is, there's a lot of bad stuff that's come through. Um, but 
you know, um, we can make a difference. How can people get a hold of you and how can people get involved? Thanks. Yes. Uh, they can email me at W E I C U at protonmail.com. And also visit W E I C U.org. Uh, and also empowerwa.org. So uh, don't sit on the sideline, get involved. Tambourine, thank you so much uh, for being our guest today. We appreciate you and uh, uh, all that you're doing to uh, to help us and our, our other guest, Dave McMullen, chairman of the Pierce County Republican Party. Well, we're out of time. However, I still want to tell you, go to DougAndMarty.com and you can listen to past episodes. You can even contact us and tell Marty how much you like his beard uh, or not. Uh, <laughs> or not. That's right. You can say poor Marty dealing with duck all the time. Anyway. Yes. Yes. You are handicapped. What is that weird growth on your side? Oh, it's Doug Bassler. Anyways, we love you. Thank you for listening to Doug and Marty versus the world. We will see you next week. Don't forget register to run for office. See you next time. Bye-bye.